Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you just take a journey with somebody and you say, why did I do that? And then other times you take a journey with somebody and you say, man, am I ever glad that I did that. And this is my guest today. I'm just thrilled to have a Canadian tech pioneer on the show today and an awesome, awesome friend who I have known for over eight years. She's the founder and the president of Go Forth Institute, Dr. Leslie McGue. I can never get that pronunciation right. She's the Canadian. She's Canadian. Canada's first PhD in entrepreneurship and micro business development and corporate strategy. She has a deep rooted passion in solving big problems through education and has dedicated her life to inspiring students across North America by gamifying the educational experience through an app developed through her company, Go Robos. But Leslie doesn't stop there. With over 2 million Canadian entrepreneurs in need of business skills, she runs the world class platforms that leverages technology to provide the much-needed training for entrepreneurs and other small business operators to succeed, the Go Forth Institute. And today, she's helped train more than 10,000 entrepreneurs since 2009. And the platform I'm talking about is arguably Canada's leading online platform of, uh, of training for small business operators and entrepreneurs. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to Leslie about her journey from 
academia to entrepreneurship and how she's working to educate entrepreneurs around the world. Dr. Leslie, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. <laughs> Jeez, Rivers. <laughs> Try and be a little uh, a little more enthused. Uh, I'm actually, I'm super glad to be here. So thank you so much to uh, Startup Canada for inviting me to uh, to join you today. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, it's well-deserved, and for the audience, uh, I was fortunate enough to be with uh, with Leslie when she began Go Forth Institute. Know a little bit of insights that uh, that the, the research uh, crew doesn't necessarily know about her. And, and, and the first one I want to dive into is that light bulb moment. You're Canada's first PhD in entrepreneurship, an amazing story in itself. And I, and I want you to tell the story about your mom uh, when she was talking talking on the phone to somebody uh, and you overheard the conversation because I think it's such a wonderful, wonderful representation of, of, of one great, great, great uh, misunderstanding what a PhD in entrepreneurship does, but also such a great fun, fun uh, story that really reflects how this conversation is going to be today. Uh, well, mom, parents, don't they have a way of keeping you grounded? Just, just when they you, do. just when you get a little full of yourself, right? They have a way of just, kind of slamming you back down to the ground. But uh, I'll talk about the the red light moment in, in my life, because I think all entrepreneurs have a moment where they really felt, whether, whether they've been able to articulate it or not, that moment where they felt compelled to do something. In other words, take mm. action on the idea that they've had for a very long time. Mine just happened to be at a red light in traffic. <laughs> And, you know, who cares when it happens or how it happens as long as the the moment actually happens and you take action. But um, but I was I was really facing, uh, you know, a bit of a career decision as an academic and some changes at the university where I was teaching. And I thought, you know, this this might actually be uh, be the moment. And uh, I, I was sitting in my car at a red light and I really felt that I was being asked the question you know, what, what is it you're going to do with your life, Leslie? And and the answer in that moment, sitting at a red traffic light was start a school. Right. I thought, wow, start a school. What the hell? You know, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> and then the person behind me was honking. And so it's like, oh, crap, you know, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll think about this later. But that moment of uh, starting a school. Wow. Whoa. You know, I never really thought of uh-huh. leaving the academic environment where I had been teaching for many years to yes. uh, to actually solve a Canadian problem by starting a school, but that was that was the moment it happened. Yeah, but there was also you know it wasn't as much as the movie might want to represent. It was oh, I stopped at the light. I was eating my ice cream, and this light bulb hit me. No, you had had some frustration in the classroom. Well, there's nothing like being uh, an, an instructor or a, a teacher of entrepreneurship when you haven't actually done the stupid thing. So to me, it was, OK, well, how can I legitimize my career as, a, as an educator? The only way to yes. do that is, of course, to get real live working experience in startup. And so the moment of hypocrisy, I think, you know, it it had been dogging me for about 15 years when I was teaching entrepreneurship. 
that I I really had to leave the security of an academic environment where I was researching and studying and teaching the subject. But I wanted to have the real live heart stopping experiences of entrepreneurship so that if I ever did go back to the classroom, it would be a more legitimate experience for the students and for myself as the instructor. So it really was about ultimately helping entrepreneurs through a lens that uh, legitimizes not only the academia world, but uh, in the the research behind it, but also brought in the practicality of I've been there, done that. So I can really speak from experience. Well, and it's funny, Rivers, I never thought it would be, I I would be that (laughs) successful. All I wanted to do was go have this experience for a few years as an entrepreneur and then come back to the classroom and say, well, you know, students, I've done it. And here's what it was like. Well, the journey took 10 years. Uh, I'm in the 10th year of operation of Go Forth Institute. And funny, I am actually returning to the classroom in January to, mm. teach, uh, to teach a semester of entrepreneurship at a university on Vancouver Island. So it, it, it has come full circle. And I do feel like the value that I'm contributing in the mm. academic environment is much more real and authentic. But of course, we need to have the conversation about, well, what does, you know, what does the program that we've created actually sure. contribute to the entrepreneurship ecosystem? However, yeah. do you want me to finish the story about I mother? Do because, <laughs> yeah, well, and why I want you to, because I'm thinking, how do I weave this into the conversation? <laughs> because now it was about impact. Now it was about contribution. And and so I want to come back to that that story of the, your, your mother's very angelic and innocent um, bragging about her daughter in a way that you just kind of go, What? So, yeah, I want, I want to tell this story because it's a cute story. It is a cute story. So I'm zipping through the kitchen in, 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 uh, when I was visiting my mom and dad. My mom was on the phone and she was telling one of her friends that, you know, we're, we're very proud. We, we have a doctor in the family now. Yeah. And then there's a pause and she says, yeah, but not the kind that helps people. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love it. It's uh, well, you know, I look back at the 12 years of university education that it took to get a PhD in entrepreneurship and I thought, "Uh, okay, I guess I can I guess I can handle that." But at, at the time, yeah. um there there was certainly when I completed uh my doctorate degree gosh, it's now 19 years ago, there, there was only one program, and that was at the University of Calgary Faculty right. of Management. Uh, they had the first uh, doctoral program in Canada, and I just happened to be finishing a master's degree with a thesis in uh, entrepreneurship. And so I was invited to apply to the program and became, uh, became the first student in and first student out of there with, uh, with the degree in entrepreneurship. So it just, it taught to the, I think the ecosystem of entrepreneurship and research and, and, uh. and our need to support entrepreneurs in Canada by having a commitment that the university would make to a doctoral program in entrepreneurship. So- a couple of a couple of things come from that, and we are going to dive into uh, into go forth and uh, your journey there. But what what did it feel like when you got that piece of paper and you said, "I'm the first in the country"? <laughs> it really didn't make 
a big deal to me. Nobody knew what, well, first of all, very few people knew at the time, well, what is a doctorate degree in business? And then second of all, what exactly do you do with a doctorate entrepreneurship? So it was more of a head tipping moment like the dogs do, right? When they, yeah. they can't quite understand what you've said and you know how they tip their heads and kind of look at you. So I didn't feel that that, that was anything special. I was honored for sure to have completed a doctoral program because those of us that have completed it know that we're given very special tools to expand the bounds of human knowledge. That's really what university level education is at this level. So Uh. we're taught the, the tools that help us do research that allow us to expand the bounds of human knowledge. And so my passion was was and always will be entrepreneurship, uh, new ventures, small business. And so I had been given this set of tools through the doctoral program that would allow me hopefully to continue to uh, to continue to explore and expand our knowledge of entrepreneurship and how mm. best to support entrepreneurs in this country. So that was the role that I was planning to take was never Never to become an entrepreneur, God forbid. <laughs> but uh, yeah. um, but to continue. They're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but to continue to be uh, playing a supporting role in sure. uh, in, in the academic community. I uh, you know I'm I've been fortunate enough to receive two degrees, and one of the greatest joys of it is actually receiving the degree in convocation and so on. And I just, I've got this vision of you sitting in a row all by yourself <laughs> as representing the Department of Entrepreneurship about to get your degree. And, and it's done and over in less than 13 seconds. <laughs> and now the Entrepreneurship oh, Department. Leslie, well, Roberts at that time. Yeah. yeah. And on you go. So um, one more quick question about that. And as I say, yeah. we're going to dive into go forth is that it must though seriously you, you must just look at the, um, the, the 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 sea now of entrepreneurial programs coast to coast that are happening and just say boy we come a long long way with one recognizing the importance of entrepreneurship for for pushing the uh, the economy forward and innovation forward and and uh, and say yeah it's uh, it, it's 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 where it should be today and where it is going in the future it's it's very important i think to acknowledge some of the real early players who contributed to our understanding of the significance of entrepreneurship to any economy, be it developed or developing economy. And so some of those very key, uh, very key players were researching in, I suppose, the intersection of economics and psychology. That's really where entrepreneurship came from as a discipline of academic study. So you'll see a lot Mm. of early economic theorists and you'll see uh, people who were involved on the psychological side trying to understand leadership and those that would uh, be taking the entrepreneurial journey. So mashup, you've got economics and psychology creating this new field called entrepreneurship. Um, But it really helped us understand the significance of job creation to the economy. And I suppose the most surprising or startling 
finding in the early days, call it the, you know, the 60s and early 70s, when I was just a young child. <laughs> but um, in the 60s and 70s, it was the, you know, the significance of, of job generation, job creation that was done by small business, not large companies. So prior to that, um, that finding, we believed it was large companies that were creating jobs and generating the significant revenue through income as well as taxation to local economies. And of course, we find out um, we find out that it's it's actually the smaller jobs or sorry, the smaller companies that are creating the jobs and uh, and picking up the slack in the economy. So so we did a bit of a pivot. Uh, and and started to focus a spotlight on entrepreneurship as a way to continue to build a very strong and healthy economy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, wonderful stuff. So off you go, uh, and now your mother really doesn't understand what you're doing because you're now going to, well, maybe she was, um, now I get it, she's going to build a school. I'm sure she envisioned this, you know, bricks and mortar. This is the place they go. They ring the bell, and uh, Dr. Leslie comes out with her with her gown and cap on and is going to bring all the entrepreneurs in and teach them entrepreneurship. But not you. No, you're going to do it online, and which was very uh, not novel, uh, innovative at that point in time. So walk us through that first six months. You've had the, you had the light bulb, you had the valid, you know, you had the value proposition identified, um, away you went for the first six months. Can you describe that journey for us, please? Well, I'd be happy to, but I'm going to take you back. <laughs> I'm actually oh going to take God, you back. Oh, my God, whose podcast is this anyway? <laughs> yes, welcome to the yeah. Startup Canada podcast show with Dr. Yeah, Lashley. <laughs> controlling the entire script. So yes. um, what I did do, though, I spent, uh, after I received the, the PhD, I spent 15 years in the trenches teaching and researching. And it was during that period that I became aware of a real need in Canada for a solution to deliver small business training right across the nation. So some of the research that I was doing was suggesting that access to small business training was one of several factors, but one of the key factors associated with business sustainability and longevity. So if I wanted to start a company and I had no prior experience as an entrepreneur or in the the type of business that I wanted to run, if I had access to a small business training program and I was willing to commit to it and take it, and I don't mean a university degree necessarily, but access to Uh an adult uh, small business training program, that would make the difference between success and failure in a lot of cases, so about 80% increase in somebody's uh, likelihood of succeeding to what we Uh call the 50-year mark uh, of a small business, which is you haven't Uh quite made it yet, but you're really on your way. If you can get over the first two years and then you can get over the the five-year mark, um, there's a kind of a bimodal distribution of failure in Canada and in most developed countries that if you can get over the first two years and over the first five your chances of succeeding are pretty good. And so while I was in the trenches and teaching and researching, that's when I identified that, wow, we just don't have this solution in Canada. We have bits and pieces of <laughs> education available for entrepreneurs, but we don't, right. but we don't have a, a solution. And that's really where the idea uh, came to start a school when I was sitting at the traffic light that day. 
that was really no wonder the guy was honking his horn. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, a, oh my God, that's like a four hour light. <laughs> like, geez, lady, could you, could you move it? You know, could, could you take it offline? Um, and so, this idea to start a school really, uh, the internet was evolving. So, you got to go back. Yes. Uh, back about nine years and streaming video was just starting to appear on the scene mm. because GoForth really started as. Uh, as a face-to-face classroom-based school right across the country. So we had identified 12 communities and we were teaching a very proprietary curriculum in 12 different cities. So what I noticed, though, was the advent of mobile devices. I thought, "Uh uh-oh. That's a game changer because the iPhone, yes. you know, the iPhone had just arrived on the scene and that people were starting to chatter about the inconvenience of having to get in a car and drive to a location mm. for education. So right. I, I just listened, right? That's what good entrepreneurs do. You have to listen to what the feedback is and you have to be prepared to pivot when you need to pivot. And so we very quickly went to a discovery stage of, all right, well, what, what is an online program? How do we take what we have and make it an online program? And how do we better satisfy the needs of entrepreneurs in Canada? So you're now at that's that first six months. You and I, you and I connected on the internet through LinkedIn, which is kind of interesting uh, to think about that journey. Uh, you started to put together the curriculum, the people, uh, the video production, all those pieces of a puzzle with a you know a team that you just brought together and made it happen with your own investment dollars and all that kind of stuff that was going on and uh you know can you talk about the again those first six months 12 months just gonna give us the highlights it was like because when i'm hearing this and i've heard this i've heard this story so many times but i've heard it and it's the value propositions there the customer segmentation is identified it should be a natural match you should be able to build it and they will come but that's not what happened this is, this is, do I have to go through the first year? Cause I, this is always the part that makes me cry, but <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> no, do. I'm you're going to have to talk about the time you had to sell your car I'm, too. I'm I want to talk about that. I am just teasing and I'm it's a, a good real... news story, folks. It, uh, it, it, it's a good news story today. So <laughs> although I may make her cry, she does smile at the end of the story. <laughs> I am one of those entrepreneurs that loves to tell the real story, not the, yes. Not the real yes. pretty story of the success ten years down the road, because I don't think that I don't think that's real. It's it's the authentic journey of what it takes to become an entrepreneur, and mm. most mo- we we lose most of our brethren uh, as they make the journey. Right, we lose seventy percent of our business uh, businesses and business owners uh, as they make the journey to entrepreneurship. So. I, I credit a lot of wonderful people, a lot of good luck with with getting there. But the early <laughs> rivers, it, and you made the you made a great point about so you you know you launch the company and everybody's been identified and you've done all this market research and then what happens? Well, we had one guy purchase our online training, so we launched the website. We had big <laughs> what was his platform. name? What was it? And, <laughs> I'm not going to buy him on air, but anyway, so just one guy. And I remember thinking, I am in, I am so deep. 
I am deeply screwed here. This is um, probably, it was just under a million dollar investment that we bootstrapped. When I say we, I include my husband, Mike, in this story because we uh, took our retirement savings and we threw it at this venture. And that was before, you know, Eric Rice and the lean startup and, <laughs> and iterating and pivoting and all those cool things that we do today to build minimum viable product strategies. At that yes. time, it was all heavy market research, heavy investment, perfect everything before you bring it live and before you get feedback. We had gotten feedback through some market research that we had conducted with Angus Reid that told us we were right on point. The product was on mm-hmm. point, the price mm-hmm. was on point, everything was there. Go ahead and launch, you're going to be an overnight success. And one guy purchased. And yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So the lesson of this is don't listen to your research. <laughs> Do the opposite of what the research tells you. <laughs> well, that was that was the moment I'm thinking, uh oh, I have a PhD yeah. in this and I still yeah. suck. <laughs> wow. I still suck. Wow. So we had to figure out we had to regroup really quickly and figure out, okay, well, why why aren't people buying this training? They need it. And what we realized is that people don't know that they need this training. Education is a really hard sell. I I often told the story that it would have been easier to start an online shoe retailer because everybody needs a pair of shoes. But entrepreneurs are they And you could call it Zappos. Exactly. I wish I wish I started Zappos. But uh I wish you had it too. Yeah, I I wish you had it also. (laughs) But I love uh, I love education. I've always been an educator. And so I just had this belief that we needed to tailor the product, we needed to tailor the offering and the message. And once we got that right, then uh, our chances of succeeding were were improved. And of course, the story was that we identified people didn't know who we were. For one, we yes. just out of the gate um, online small business training company, and right. they didn't know that they needed it. And so we quickly realized that we should have started with partnerships with other institutions or organizations mm, to deal with right. entrepreneurs. So it became a business to business strategy instead of a business to consumer strategy. And that's what saved us uh, in the end. That's what saved us. So I'm kind of jumping to the end, but. Um, in the first year, we were trying to figure that out, like what happened, you know, oh my God, what happened? So, um, and there is a story along the lines of, uh, you know, what I love about your story, we don't have to dig too much. And by the way, I just sent you a message on Skype messaging and it's part of this podcast. So I have a question there. So, so um, I, I uh, you know, you did had to sell your car. You did have those rough times. You did have that situation where you say you wonder what it is that you're doing. Um, all those things you went through, but you, you persevered. So why did you persevere? <laughs> Funny, I was thinking about this just today, Rivers. The reason that I persevered is the same reason that somebody shared with me in the middle of their entrepreneurial journey. And that is, quite frankly, the debt gets so high that failure is not an option. It's not an option because you're going to eat cat food the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't figure out your stuff. And so we just kept going. We just kept going because failure at this point, and and I will tell the, you know, sell sell the car story. Uh, 
it, failure is just not an option. So second year, yeah. um, our burn rate was about $35,000 a month. So we Crazy. had, we had a full staff, we had developed this curriculum, we had an online platform and we, we were churning about $35,000 a month. And there was a month in the second year where we'd run out of money, all of our, uh, personal investments and our savings had, you know, our children were sold. I kept the dog because yeah. that's really important yeah. to me. Oh, sure. but, Cause, cause sold, they love you. I mean, I sold the children. <laughs> they love us unconditionally. Don't dogs. I, yes. I, all the dog yeah. lovers out there are going, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, exactly. Sell the kids. <laughs> yeah. So I looked at my husband, Mike, and I said, so we have about $35,000 of bills. And he said, well, what's left to sell? And we both walked out into the garage and, and I guess, and I looked at my truck and I said, I guess, I guess we're selling my truck. And he said, yep. And so yep. we put, we listed the truck on Kijiji and some really sketchy guy showed up with cash yeah. and yeah. drove that, my car yeah. away within 24 hours. And I'm just looking at this envelope of cash thinking it's come yep. to this, right? It's, it's the, yeah. this is rock bottom. Um, everything is, everything is in this company. We're rock bottom. I don't even have a car but I have cash and I can make my, you know, my, uh, my payables. And, and from there, I think it was, I think that was the moment when things just started to ease a little bit for us. Uh, and I realized uh, that I might actually be going in the right direction, but it took, it took getting to that point, which is a horrible moment for everybody. But, um, you know, you, well, you build it back, even yeah. if it hadn't worked out, you, you just have to take a really positive attitude that we're learning a lot from this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. But you know, I'm I'm a firm believer of the universe, and um, the universe just just testing you to say, do you really want it? Show me, and the, you really put that out there. And that's just kind of a personal philosophy that I live by: is the, the that there the universe does send you signs and can help you along the way. So I think that that's really awesome. And before I I I, I, I want to get into the upswing of of go forth, but I think it's an important thing that we give a shout out to Mike because uh, you know a lot of entrepreneurs um, you know have spouses, and you have been from <laughs> from all discussions with me. I've only talked to Mike once and you were in the car, so he really couldn't be honest with me, but you seem to really have had a very positive, um, embracing relationship that is one based on respect, admiration, and we're in this together, um, and supporting this journey with GoForth. Can you, can you talk about that? Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Cause I think the people in our lives that are closest to us, that support us are the real unsung heroes of any journey in life, let alone an entrepreneurial journey. I had the benefit of uh, falling in love with this man in my early 20s. We were in university together and we were taking the same business program. And so Mike is also an entrepreneur in the oil and gas sector in Calgary. And so he became my, I want to call him my 2IC, my second in command. Although he was just somebody I could run everything by. And he would always do it from the perspective of a CEO as opposed to the husband whose finances are being brutalized by his uh, wife's right. startup. You know, he, he was able to maintain yeah. that totally unbiased uh, CEO perspective and, and give me really good advice. He's also an incredible negotiator. That's what he does um, most of his uh, days in the oil industry. And so he was able to share with me the art of the deal. 
which I had very right. little experience doing. And, and, and that was, uh, that was a game changer. So lots of love and lots of support and unwavering testament to, uh, to a great marriage. And, and the reason that I left my incredibly easy to pronounce last name of Robert and then <laughs> took Mike's last name for our 30th wedding anniversary, which we celebrated nice. a couple years ago. And now all over Canada, it's like, what? How do you spell what? <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. so you is a testament to uh, just the journey that we've been on and uh, and yeah, the, nice. the, the deep connection. So thanks for uh, yeah, letting yeah, me chat yeah. about it. High five to Mike for sure. So you've been uh, building this for 10 years. Uh, you have, you and your team have educated over 10,000 entrepreneurs and continues to grow. I know there's some very cool uh, national organizations that are now connected to with, uh, with go forth. Uh, I really think the, the hockey sticks about to, about to happen. Um, two interesting statistics that I think really represent um, the, the solid foundation of what you have built. One is that 90% of the people who take the go forth program complete it. And 91% who take it are still in business two years later, which just blows the national average out of the water. What are, what are the, what are the, I want to say reasons, but you know, my point is, is that what are the components of the go forth offering that is, is, is triggering that to happen? Entrepreneurship rivers is all about satisfying a need. You know that I know that the listeners know that. And so the better you can solve the need, the more successful the company will be. And so we, from the very beginning, we had a relationship, kind of a close relationship with our early subscribers to find out how much value they were getting from the program. And we Uh would tweak it, we would pivot, we would continue to build until we have today what is a really sound and very, um, I think, progressive curriculum in entrepreneurship that teaches the skills that people need in order to succeed in small business. Uh, As a researcher, I've been tracking them. So every person who has ever registered for our education has uh, receives an annual survey from us where we Uh just say, Hey, tell us a little bit about your year. What's happened to you this year? Have you grown? Have you contracted? Have you hired? Have you expanded uh, through financing? Uh, have you gone into international sales? Where where are the pain points in your business? Can't help but um, but research this database I have of over ten thousand people, and this is where we're right. able to confirm the statistics that you you just shared, which is that most most people who sign up for the training actually complete it. It's an online self directed training program. It takes about ten hours to complete. Some people take a little bit longer to complete it. And for most online programs, very, very low completion, you know, less than 10% of people that, um, that actually start uh, a small business training program or an online adult education program finish it. And over 91% of people who have completed our program are still in business two years later, which beats the national average by 20%. Because mm-hmm. at the two-year mark, we've we've already lost thirty percent of companies as a country on a national 
uh, an annual basis. And so we're, we're getting a lot more people across that two-year mark than the, the national average, and we're very proud of that. The reasons why we think that are happening, Rivers, is because we're delivering what people always asked us for, which was a convenient education mm. program that was delivered to all their devices, so mobile, uh, desktop, laptop devices. They can listen to our education they can watch our education, and they can participate through the worksheets that uh, come as part of the program. So we're touching all different uh, learning preferences there that uh, that adults have as well. I uh, I think uh, I got a couple more questions for you, but one of them is, is that um, uh, I'd like to suggest, and some of our guests do this, it's up to you whether or not you want to do it or not, but uh, uh, I always like to favor those that favor me. <laughs> and so I'd like to offer uh, something nice to our uh, to our listeners today. Are you up for, for uh, oh, by the way, I, I can't believe that it's only $195. That's the first thing. Why? Thank you. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, uh, it is the power of growth. We started out mm -hmm. offering our training program at $495. And because of the growth that we've had, we're able to be even more efficient in our delivery. We're a totally scalable com company, which means uh, we can continue to lower the price so that it becomes more accessible and affordable to the people that really need it, which are the small business owners out there in Canada. Cool. So um, uh, would you be open to uh, offering, and this is, I love my sales, but putting my buddies on the line here, would you open to offer a, uh, an incentive, a deal, uh, uh, some sort of a opportunity for listeners to uh, to take advantage of this great, great offering? And, and, I, and, and why I'm passionate about it is not to, you know, yes, make sales, help go forth, but also the stats don't don't lie. And I know education is necessary. You know, you, you know it yourself with the e-myth is one of your favorite books and, um, and and needing proper education is key. So uh, we've had a couple of guests that have offered some uh, some nice opportunities for some discounts. Uh, you got anything in mind you might want to offer? <laughs> what has been the best discount you've had on the Startup Canada podcast so far? Oh my gosh! Let's turn well, this into a bidding war, Rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the answer is free for some. <laughs> uh, the answer is percentage off for others. And I'm not looking for you to uh, to do any of the above. I'm looking for you to do what I think what you think is value. Understanding. I think it's a steal right now, 195. So remember, I got to get on to this next question because it's critical, <laughs> and this this isn't the shopping network. So. <laughs> What's your deal, Dr. Leslie? Well, I think we could offer your wonderful listeners $50 off wow. with the Startup Canada podcast code. So that is Startup Canada podcast, all one word. And we'll get that set up uh, right away so that listeners, as soon as this podcast airs, it will be valid for 30 days from the moment we air the show and uh yeah hope they take advantage of it any questions they can certainly uh reach out to any of us right. here at go forth 
Very kind. Very kind. Thank you so much. Um, you and I are big fans of the book Atlas Shrugged. And, um, and for those that haven't read it, uh, from this listeners, uh, to me, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> it's sometimes a longer rite of passage. It took Leslie a year to read it. it. took me about two months to read it. But to me, it's a very prophetic, uh, not pathetic, prophetic um, uh, th- uh, thought as to where entrepreneurship is going in the world. At that point in time, the entrepreneurs go on strike um, for all kinds of various reasons and how the world reacts and so so on and so on. I, I I wanted to get a sense from you. What's the state of entrepreneurship uh, in Canada these days, and where do you think it's going in the next, say, five years? First of all, let me let me explain to your readers that when I was reading Atlas Shrugged, I was in startup. So startup is the 20 hour day kind of thing. So you flop into bed about midnight, one in the morning, you got to get up at five. And so I I don't want people to think, Oh, Rivers is a faster reader than Dr. Leslie. No, that's not, (laughs) that is not happening. That is not happening. And so I read a paragraph a night and then, but it is, it is an epic book and about like 1100 pages or something. And, uh, I have to share with your readers that Rivers sent me a copy of this book and inscribed in the in the front cover is, uh, Leslie, the con- this country needs you. Love River- Rivers. And that I still have that book. It's, you know, it's right beside uh, right beside my bed all the time. So it just reminds me of the importance of capitalism to our economy and the importance of supporting business and supporting the people that take the risk. Risk is about uh, reward. If, if I, my husband and I took very significant personal risk to create an education program for Canada that is really resonating with a lot of people. And so there, there has to be an expectation of, of reward. And, and that's really what Atlas is about where the entrepreneurs go, you know what? You don't value us. We're done. Yeah. We quit. Yeah. Screw okay. you. We're out. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a fascinating book. Fascinating book. But, uh, so how do, what's happening in, what's happening in Canada? What's kind of happening around the world in entrepreneurship? What does that look like? I believe there's a real renaissance in entrepreneurship. I think, I, love it. Uh, I think the younger generation is really captured by the opportunity they have to create their own way of working. And that includes doing doing other things and making lifestyle a part of their commitment to to their career. They're also, uh, and I, again, I speak about young people, um, social entrepreneurship and social innovation. They, they have a real desire to leave the world a better place. We uh-huh. wrecked it for them. They're, you know, they're the ones <laughs> that are actually going to fix it. And leave yeah. the world a better place. And entrepreneurship allows the freedom, flexibility, and autonomy in somebody's work day to, um, you know, to make those those changes happen. So I'm really excited about where entrepreneurship is in its place in our culture in Canada. I think that's improving dramatically from when uh, we were talking and thinking and doing entrepreneurship in the 80s and 90s. 
You know, I uh, I like to um, I like to have a word a year that I really focus in that defines my word my my life for that year. And this year, I chose the word epic. And uh, and my audience has heard this. Me say this again. Blah blah. He's going to talk about epic. Uh, but this has one been an epic conversation. But I'm going to let you guys have a little insight. And then my next word for 2018 is bold. And you have defined what bold is about with what you did and what you continue to do. And you are an epic person, a very bold person, and a, a very uh, a, a incredible friend. And I am blessed to have you on this call today. Keep doing what you're doing. I know we're going to talk again in about five minutes, but uh, <laughs> this isn't goodbye. This is see you later. But I'm glad we had the chance to share you with uh, our listeners at Startup Canada and the podcast, which is around the world. So uh, thank you, Dr. Leslie. And I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name. I'm, I'm never going to try to pronounce it again. That's my goal. So <laughs> it's Dr. Leslie. Thank you so, so much for your time today. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Manny Pata, founder of New Avenue Capital, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. So let's talk about that because you know some people say, well, you know, when I get when I get there, when I'm able to, I'll start to do some work in philanthropy. And and you know, and just reading your bio, it's 25% of all profits. A lot of startups, you know, 25%. And I know you're not suggesting that, but is there other ways? Well, first of all, talk about the mindset of doing social good. Uh, for a business right from the very beginning and what are some other ways in which you would recommend that 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 can be done without necessarily saying here's 25 percent yeah and 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 i think it's different for everybody you know i a portion of my portfolio what i do in venture capital is is dedicated towards that because i believe that gives back but it's not just dollars you can you can donate dollars which is a traditional model you can donate your time and also your product and i think sometimes the product piece is sometimes even more important than the dollar amount because of what it can do for organizations and the world is changing in terms of, uh, you know, this used to be a, maybe a unique approach 20, 30 years ago, but there was just a, an article that came out, I think it was earlier this week, where the BlackRock CEO, the largest private equity firm in the world, sent a note out to all the CEOs that they're invested in saying that they need to have some sort of social aspect, social impact in businesses moving forward. Otherwise, they may not get the investment or removal mm. of investment. And so when you hear the largest private equity firm in the world yeah. saying that, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, hopefully they follow through, you, you know you're on the right path. And so, um, you know, the, the traditional model of, hey, I'm going to go make 
lots and lots of money and then give it all back. You know, that's that's been followed by some great individuals. Warren Buffett's done that and others. But I truly do believe in as we're seeing the next new generations come up, you have to have a piece of social impact in your business and have it as a passion. You know, make it a passion of what you're doing. So for me, it's kids and education. And that's been a passion of mine for years. For others, it's, you know, whether it's cancer, whether it's diseases, whether it's healthcare, the variety of places, right, that you can look at. But find that passion piece of what you see and then and then give back there. Oh,